Hey everybody and welcome back finally to the Going Deeper Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Rains, along with Pastor Cole Burks and Pastor Emily Black. We've got a great episode planned for you guys, but before we dive into that, uh, let's just talk about, we had a little bit of a video uh, technical difficulty, and so we won't actually have the video part of this podcast up this week, just the audio side, Um, but we'll have that back up and running for the next episode, and you'll be back to seeing our smiling faces. Uh, But we had a great discussion this week, diving a little bit deeper into a series that Pastor Cole preached on the Lord's Prayer. I, like many others, have, you know, looked at the Lord's Prayer as just kind of like the generic prayer that you may pray uh, in a locker room, maybe before a game or at some large assembly, uh, but never really took into account the 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 depth and the meaning behind those those words. Uh, anyway, Pastor Cole preached a great series on that and how we could apply that to our everyday life. Uh, so we talk a little bit deeper on that this week. Uh, but we also, there was a third message in the series that he was not able to actually preach. So we, we, we talk a little bit about that as well and finally figure out what that was all about. Anyway, we hope you enjoy this, this episode. Uh, please like, subscribe, and all that good stuff. But get in the comment section as well. We love to hear from you guys. We love to talk with you. Uh, so without further ado, everybody enjoy the show. So I want to take the first part of this because it was actually supposed to and just kind of a heads up for how, they, how we're going to end this. There, there was supposed to be a third week and we ended up kind of shifting That's to right. something different. That's right. So there's a director's cut to this that we're getting tonight. Okay. All right. So we, are you ready for that? Yes. That's, that's going to be coming later. <laughs> yeah. But I do want to kind of revisit parts one and parts two mm-hmm. of what you spoke on. And um, so starting on, on part one. Uh, which is you kind of talked on the proper perspective of, of who God is mm-hmm. and the importance of community and praying from a place of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to speak on the significance of uh, Jesus establishing God as our Father. Yeah, I think for so long in the church, we so <laughs> I'm about to deep dive so hard. Let's go, man. It's called going deeper, <laughs> yeah, man. I, so in the early church, between the seventh in the 11th, or between the 4th and the 11th century, um, the church began to have a, a split. One of them went west, one of them went east. They, the reason that they split was over a fundamental disagreement about who God was, right? They had fundamental disagreements. And this is a, this is a very just like 30,000-foot overview. One side was God is judge. God is, he is jury, and he is executor, right? He is, he is this dude, this grandpa in the sky with a lightning rod waiting to strike you dead at any point. That is the West. That's where we live, right? right? In the East, they said God is all things virtuous, right? Like, they 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 defined God based off of what are his what are the good characteristics that we can that we can define here right. because God does not have a bad side right like we have been taught that God like one of the most elementary things that you will hear 
is when people start to describe God in characteristics. Because you will run that circle forever, right? God is this, but he's also this. Mm -hmm. God is love, but he's also holy. God is those things. He is all of those things. But he cannot be contrary to his nature, which is love. God is love, and he is good, right? Mm -hmm. Our Father is so important because you see... You see God as your father, and I see God as your father, mm -hmm. and the way that he feels about me, he has to feel about you. Right. Because if he doesn't feel the same way about you as he does me, then he is not just. Right? And, and like, we see, we see God as just and righteous and holy, and yes, he is all those things. Absolutely. I agree with you. I agree with you. But we've said that, and this is where this could get dicey we've said that because we don't like the lifestyles that people live right yes we've said that because we disagree with the ways that people live based off a based off of some common standard of moral morality written in a book called the fundamentals mm -hmm. which the fundamentalist had right. like one of the things that is uniquely distinct about Christians is that they see other people and they say, God is their father. And he feels about me or he feels about them the same way that he feels about me. And when people begin to say, well, God feels differently about this person than he does about me, that is like literally that is the spirit of a Pharisee. Literally, yes. you are a Pharisee. Hmm. Like, I don't have any problem saying that because, yeah, I've I've interacted with tons of Pharisees, and it's <laughs> like I I pray that God does a work in their heart, right? But and I think too, like at some point in our lives, we've all been the Pharisee, yep, absolutely. And I absolutely. think that like makes it easier for us to relate to yep. a Pharisee when yep. we can say, "I know why you feel this way because mm -hmm. I have once been a Pharisee." Yep. Yep, absolutely. So. It's it's important to notice, like, I can give you the hardest critique of Pharisees because I was the biggest Pharisee. Right. I literally was a Pharisee at one point. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I was upset one time. I literally was upset because kids at a church camp were playing basketball and they didn't want to seek God. <laughs> like, how? That's stupid, right? <laughs> that's stupid. And I remember when the Lord like changed my I remember when the Lord changed my heart towards that stuff but we like I I I genuinely believe like the love of God confronts the Pharisee too. Yes. Like you are confronted with the love of God on both ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. If you're living in a way that is damaging to you because it's sin. Yeah. Right. And if you're living in a way that's damaging to your neighbor, you will be confronted by the love of God. Right. right. You're not confronted by God with an axe who's going to chop your arms off. No. Yeah. Right. You're confronted by a father. Right. I think that, and that's like the beautiful, like significance of why Jesus like came to establish that is like, because it's so easy for us to look at our like earthly father mm -hmm. and like view, most people can view them as like, like, I know for me, like, I just lost my dad two years ago, but even to this day, and even before he passed away, it was like, my dad is one of the greatest men that I've ever known in my life. Mm -hmm. Like, he's amazing. Like, he, 
if I needed something when I was little, dad picked me up. Like I mm-hmm. could, if a boy hurt me at school, dad was there to like, you know, to be the shoulder yeah. to cry on. And I think we can say that that's now, but even back then they loved their dads. Yeah. Like yep. they looked at their dads as somebody yep. that they can count on that yep. they trusted. And so for Jesus to come and establish that, he's saying the way you view them, mm-hmm. like even greater view him. Yep. Like he loves Absolutely. you even more. Yeah. Matthew, like, even if you know, even if you being evil know how to give good gifts, yeah. how much better is your father? Yeah. So as good as you can be, like mm-hmm. especially like for parents that are listening to this, yes. this is where the revelation will hit you. With every bit of love that you have for your kid mm-hmm. and with every bit of love that you have felt from a parent, God has to be better than that. Yep. It's, yep. Not, it's not that he gets a choice to be better than that or not. Like, and this could be confrontational too. If he's not better than that, then he's not God. Right. And then he's a liar. Then he's a liar. Right. right. And we don't believe that, obviously. Right. So we don't believe God's a liar. We don't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> don't at me. Yeah. Yeah. Don't we don't believe God's, God's not a liar. liar. He's not believe. a liar. He's better than you think he is. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So why do you think we are obsessed with this angry dad persona of God? Why are we obsessed with that? Because I think there's a couple reasons. Number one, we haven't got the we haven't got the revelation that he is a father. Mm-hmm. Thousands of years later, we still yeah, yeah, aren't. Yeah, <laughs> still it's not, not clicking. clicking. Like we think that he's angry with us because we are angry with other people, right. and our own insecurities get projected onto God. Mm-hmm. And we think because we are one way, then God has to be that way. And God is infinitely better than you. Mm-hmm. He cannot be worse than you. And he cannot be even his goodness and your goodness. It's called, there's a theological term for this. It's called transcendent goodness. Mm-hmm. His goodness, your best day, his goodness transcends far more than you can ever think about. Yeah. And I think we are obsessed with God being angry because we're angry. Yep. And we're angry because we think God is angry with us. Right. Like we're yeah. we're angry because we really do think God is angry because we misbehaved in a certain way. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if Beckham sins, I'm gonna get into some theology. <laughs> Prepare yourself. If Beckham sins, I am upset because of what he did harmed him. Mm-hmm. What he did doesn't harm me. Yep. Right. His sin doesn't harm me. I am harmed by the fact of what it did to him. Yep. Right. So we don't think about God that way. Right. We think when we sin, we separate ourselves from God. Yep. We've been taught that. We separate ourselves from God. God cannot look on sin. Right. Yep. Right. Well, if God can't look on sin, then he can't come into your world. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So true. Like we have we have this twisted view of even salvation. Yeah. That it's like I am saved because I called on God for help. He gave you the ability to call on him. Yes. Like he showed up, you saw his goodness and then you called on him. Yeah. We are led to repentance. Mm-hmm. Repentance is not you find out how filthy you are and then you cry out to God. That is not repentance. Yeah. Repentance is 
you are like your heart is moved by what Paul would say the kindness of God leads man to repentance. Mm-hmm. Him being kind is the key. Right. We don't think God's kind. We don't think he's kind. We think he's angry. Yeah. We think he's I say this all the time. We think God is waiting. We've even said stuff like this. You guys bl- grew up in Pentecostal circles. God's going to stripe your legs. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard that before? He's going to go get the switch. God's yeah. going to go get the switch, and he's going to stripe your legs. He's going to get after you. Yep. Right. Yeah. You, I, you gave a... Oh, sorry. No, I was, I was just going to say that one of the best... Honestly, one of the best like um, metaphors that I've even heard for any of this is one you gave a couple weeks ago. <laughs> what, is that what you were about to say? Yep. When you were talking about when Beckham's legs would get caught in the crib, mm-hmm. he would do it to himself, and he yep. did it over and over again. Yes. And he would get his legs caught in the bars mm-hmm. in the crib, and when you came in to get him out, your first reaction was to rip the crib. Yeah, I was going to break the crib. <laughs> yeah, because his legs were stuck. Mm-hmm. But he kept doing it to himself. Yep. And when you said that, like, I just, I've not been able to stop thinking about that because, like, how many times have I done something and put myself yep. in a situation time after time yep. after time? And then I expect God to come in and be angry with me. Yeah. And he's not angry with me. Right. I mean, I thought that all my life growing mm-hmm. up, no matter how many times that I messed up, no matter how much trouble I got into, I always went back to, well, God's angry at me. Yeah. And then when you even put that, I mean, obviously, like I've grown tremendously out of like mm-hmm. that thinking, but even to have a picture of that, mm-hmm. of like what it looks like for a child yeah. to put themselves in a situation where God comes in and wants to break the thing that's harming you. Yeah. You don't. You didn't want to break Beckham. No. You weren't trying to break his leg. No. And say, don't do this again. I'm going right. to break your leg so you can't do it anymore. That's right. It's, I'm going to remove the thing that's harming you. Mm-hmm. And I think even if we get that revelation of an earthly father yeah. who would do that for his one-year-old, yeah. how much more would a God in heaven come that's in right. and rescue us from the harm that we're putting ourselves in? Absolutely. I think you even called it, you were like, that is the wrath of God. That is the yes. wrath of God. That was the wrath of God. It's yes. the love of God. It's the love of God towards my kid and my anger poured out on anything that harms him. Yes. Yeah. And that's the wrath of God in our own lives. We experience God's wrath now. Yeah. yeah. Like the wrath of God is the love of God. Yeah. Right. We we have we have taken the two and separated them and said wrath and love they're diametrically opposed to each other that's mm-hmm. not true they cannot be right god cannot be one or the other he right. is yes yep. and so Absolutely. god's wrath is the love of god yes god's god's love is the wrath of god the right. angry dad that we're talking about only comes out against things that harm yes absolutely us. Yeah. it doesn't come out against like so so let me let me let me put this into perspective for you and I'm going to mess with a lot of people here. Let's go. <laughs> if Beckham continues to get his legs stuck in the crib, and I walk in, and I say, one more time, mm-hmm. one more time, and then I'm going to have to bring the pain. <laughs> right? And what we equate to this is God sending us to hell. Mm-hmm. One more time. Yep. And... Uh, we even say we even say it like this. We even say God will not always strive with man. We act like salvation is a bus that comes by every few weeks, and you can get on and get off anytime you want. That's dumb. Mm-hmm. And we say one more time, 
one more time, mm-hmm. one more time. And then, like, I want you, this should, this should make you, like, feel some type of way when I say this. It should make you feel weird when I say this. What if he got his leg stuck in that crib? I went in, I pulled his leg out, and I threw him in the oven. I would be sent to prison for the rest of my life as I should be. And we say God does that to people all the time. You would be considered evil. That's right. I would be considered... the exact opposite of who God is. That is the exact opposite of who God is. God cannot be evil. Yeah. Right. This leads to kind of the next point. That's what I was going to say. I was like, ooh, I think that's Well done there. Nice segue. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, the next part of that, our Father uh, who's in heaven, hallowed be the name. You talked about the meaning of of hallow. being without, without yeah. what, what, what was the definition? So, was? so in the New Testament, without the word evil. Yeah, I think what it was. in the New Testament, the word hallowed is used twice. Mm-hmm. It's in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew, and it's in the Lord's Prayer in Luke, Luke eleven, Matthew six. The word hallowed is simply the word sanctified, right. and so the word sanctified is in the New Testament thirty times. Twenty six of those thirty times, it's translated as apart from evil. And so when you pray the Lord's Prayer, what is Jesus trying to get you to understand? Our Father, who is in heaven, our Father that's seated above everything, who is in heaven, he is apart from evil. Hallowed be your name. He is apart from evil. The first thing that Jesus was trying to do was to teach the disciples that God was not evil, that all evil in all forms ever God condemns. Yeah. Right. That's beautiful, man. So good. Yeah, we. And it's it's funny, prepping for this. I've listened to um, both messages probably five or six times. Let's so go, Jordan. Had, had a heavy <laughs> dose of it. Let's go, say. Jordan. Uh, so this week, uh, if you want to put my week into a batting average, I'm batting well under 100. Let's go. Right. So kind of kind of a rough week at, at work and just. Just some poor decisions on my part mm-hmm. as far as from a reaction standpoint to different things going on. Go. Not the best of, of moods at times, sure. right? So I'm coming in today where, you know, a few years ago, I'm walking into a prayer slash worship service that mm-hmm. we had tonight. I don't feel worthy to walk on that platform. Sure. Lead a congregation of, of mm-hmm. people in worship. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, no joke, five years ago, I probably would have called you and said, hey, I'm not in a good place tonight. Yeah. I, I can't do it. I will hinder, yeah. my sins will hinder the worship. Yeah. But instead, I walked in tonight Yeah. because of this, this, this new picture of God, the mm-hmm. Father. Yeah. Uh, I walk in tonight, and we have a worship service. That's right. I didn't think twice about it. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how it should be, just as... Just as how if I had done something wrong as a teenager or whatever, I would not have thought twice to walk up to my dad. That's right. Because yeah. I know he's not going to throw me in the oven. Right. Yeah. At, the end yeah. of, at the end of the day. Right, exactly. right. Um, so regarding the concept of praying from a place of us rather than me, mm-hmm. which you talked about, mm-hmm. um, I want you to speak on the meaning of the statement that you, you said. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought it sounds great, and I think it needs to go on a T-shirt. But... Jesus came to do away with the Nazarite mentality. Yeah. <laughs> so you you said no uh, nothing. Yeah. So to get the comment section going. So I, I hope this sets it off in the comments. Let's go. Um, Fireworks, baby. So you're not a Nazarite. 
<laughs> like, if you're watching this, you're not a Nazarite. <laughs> like, like that's just all there is to There's it. There's a Nazarite Facebook group right now that's going. Yeah, you're not a Nazarite. And if your desire to be a Nazarite is, like, so, like, I'm going to be a Nazarite, like, you're going to be saying no to a lot of things instead of saying yes to someone. Yes. Like, Nazarites were famous for saying no. I want to be famous for saying yes. Right. Right. Like, I want to be saying, I want to be famous for saying yes to Jesus. Nazarites, like, your desire is great, but you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, like, I, one thing that we have said in the church for, like, such a long time is, like, intentions matter. No, they don't. Mm. No, they don't. Yeah. Like, God, I've heard that. Like your yeah. in, your intentions matter. Times. No, they don't. Not if they harm other people. Yeah. Like nobody cares. Like what if I go out here tonight and I wreck and kill somebody on the way home? You think their family's going to care of my intentions? Right. Right. If you harm other people, your intentions don't matter. Mm-hmm. Like we have said, like you can have good intentions and be wrong. I disagree with that. I think you should purify your intentions. What's mm-hmm. your motive? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, like that's what like Tom says this all the time on to our two people and like in our lead team meetings. Like, check your motives. Yep. Like he said, that's one of the like if you ask his daughters, like anything, they will say like, yeah, Tom's gonna say like, check your motives. Motive. And yeah. it's like, why do we call people to be Nazarites? Like, why do we call people in that? Is it because we need them to come back to our altars? So that our egos are stroked, so that we can say that we're having a move of God. And they've said no a thousand times, and they haven't said yes to a man yet. So because they haven't said yes to a man named Jesus yet, they're having to say no to all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. One yes eliminates a thousand no's. That reminds Come me on. of it. And this is so, like, it's not even my, like, story or anything that I came up with. But I think I maybe have read it in a book or something a few years ago but it basically was talking about like a wedding mm-hmm. and like when I married Wes I didn't yep. stand at the altar right. and say okay so when we get married I'm gonna say no to other this other guy I'm gonna say no to this other guy That's I'll right. make sure I say no to pornography I'll make sure I say That's no right. to this I just simply said yes I said one yes yep. to Wes and That's that right. covered a multitude of no's absolutely that I would never have even had to touch on absolutely even to this day we've been married almost five years and I still like we don't have to look at each other and say well no we're not gonna do that That's right. well, no we're not gonna we said yes we right. said yes. It duh. Yeah, we said <laughs> We're yes. We're not going to be hateful to each other, mean to each other all the time. Yeah. We said I think yes. <laughs> one of one of our pastors here, Tom, he says like I love. We've talked about this before, but I'll like I like you can't get saved saying no. <laughs> yeah. Like right. like when you say I got saved because I said no to all of this. No, you didn't mm-hmm. because you didn't give yourself to anything. Mm. Like. You didn't you you said no to a bunch of stuff, but you didn't give yourself to Jesus, and you didn't give Jesus your life. You gave these certain things no's, like like alcohol, like mm. pornography, like whatever you're saying no to. If that wasn't because of a yes to Jesus, you need to check that. Yeah. yeah. Check your motive. You need to check that. <laughs> check yourself you before need, you wreck like, yourself. Like I would say, I would like we we used to say this all the time. If you don't participate in these activities, then that's what makes you Christian. No, <laughs> incorrect, incorrect. How about no? How about like I didn't participate in those activities. My my dad was a police officer. My whole family were like 
I didn't drink growing up. I didn't do drugs going up growing up. Like mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't do all of these things that we've mm-hmm. said, well, you gotta say no to. Yeah. And so but I wasn't I didn't know Jesus. Right. <laughs> like I knew religion and right. I knew that like John three sixteen, mm-hmm. right? And I knew Half of Philippians four thirteen, other you know, half of other random <laughs> scriptures that I felt like I could quote at my disposable whenever I needed because that's what I thought being a Christian was. Right, it's that's, not. That is, it's funny. You made a comment a few weeks ago in prayer one night here that prayer. you felt like you just got saved again. Yeah, and that's I said something to the worship team a few weeks ago. Like I've kind of felt that. Yep. Just in the last year, I'm, mm. I'm Scott, like I said, I, I spent, I, my, I'm 32 years old. I've spent my entire life in some form of ministry. My mother was a, was a worship pastor. It was my first worship pastor. Shout so, out Tanya. Shout, <laughs> shout out Gigi at the casa. Gigi. Uh, so like I was, I started playing music for my church when I was like six, seven years old. So I'm talking about. So I, I've been on stage behind the scenes, the good, the bad, the ugly on the road, almost my entire life. Yep. Mm. And I feel like I'm just now getting to know Jesus in the mm-hmm. last year and a half. That's yeah. good, man. And it, it, there, there is a, there's a level of breathing that I have discovered in, yeah. in this that I don't think I've ever had before. Well, I yeah. think, like, the beauty of all of that is, like, discovering who he is, like, every day. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I've been on the same journey like you're talking about in the last couple of years. And, like, even this past Sunday— Oh yeah. Like Hannah led a song um by Brandon Lake and the words are come a little closer, stay a little longer. And I I mean y'all saw me. I just wept in the floor Some like of a your baby. Makeup's still on the floor. It's still yeah. on the it's floor. On the floor there. up there. Yeah. It is. Um and I remember like I left church and the only thing I kept thinking was I met a man named Jesus today. But yeah. it's like I met, I've like I've grew up just like you. Yeah. I knew I've known Jesus my whole life. Mm-hmm. But it's like every time I'm in his presence, I like meet him all over again. Like yeah, there's something right. new that I get to discover in that. And like, I just kept saying, like I even told Wes, we got home. I said, I know this sounds crazy, but I just feel like I met Jesus today. Yeah. And like, I, again, like, you know what I mean? Like again, yeah, and yeah. he just kind of looks at me like, okay, whatever. But all I'm right, like, no, Emily. I met him. Like I met him today. <laughs> and and yeah. next week I'm probably going to meet him again in yeah. a new way. I think that's something that I've been, I've been deep diving in because it's basically, you know, like a lot of times what, what we'll do is we'll we'll say God moves in this way, mm-hmm. and we get very comfortable in our four worship songs and oh, in, yeah. in our, even our even our spontaneous moments. I was about to say, even in spontaneous, yeah. like, we like, get used mm-hmm. to it. Like people are, people who are, people who've been in these, like I cannot tell you a time that I've missed church just to miss church since I've been saved. Like right. I cannot tell you a time that I've missed church. Mm-mm. And there's always been a a very good reason. Like I'm on vacation with my family, and most of the time I would always schedule my vacations. I would schedule my vacations from Sunday afternoon to Saturday so that I could be at church. Yeah. And so, but, um, like we, it's not about how you see. It's not about how God has moved. It's how you distinctly see Him moving right now. Yes. And it's and it's how you see Him interacting with you right now. Mm-hmm. And like. I think a lot of times we think that God moves to fix things mm-hmm. and he doesn't move to fix things, right? He does work in us to make us love him and our neighbor. Mm-hmm. 
And that's when you should pay attention to the the moves of God in your life. I would mm-hmm. say, honestly, I would honestly say, check the move of God's mm-hmm. yeah. in your life that only make you love God more. Mm-hmm. Yes. I like that. I mean, because, because what just happened, like, I know there are going to be people who have a problem with that. That's okay. But we love y'all. Yeah, we love you. Like I, I'm serious, I do. But I would say, I would say, ask the Lord, like to show you, how is this making me love my neighbor? Yeah. That you literally, I, I, as soon as you said it, I think me and Jordan both almost did the same thing on Sunday morning. You like said a phrase, and I like went and like posted it on Facebook, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't forget it. But <laughs> Beach to it. I, you did. I went on there. I was yeah. like, ah, oh, Joe posted something. Um. One of the things you said was, does the encounter that you just had with Jesus make you something along the lines of, does it make you want to love the hurt that's in other people? Mm -hmm. And if the encounter that you just had with God doesn't make you want to reach out to the hurt and the hurting, Mm -hmm. then it wasn't a genuine encounter. Yeah. You had, you had an experience, Mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't feeling and you had a feeling and like. I think those are great. Yeah. Like there are people I can I can feel the tension in this statement. <laughs> because because this even is still this even is even still this even creates tension in me still. Yeah. Because yeah. I have been I have been taught <clears throat> you just go and seek God and everything will sort itself out. Incorrect. Yep. That's not even that's not even in the book of Acts. Yep. In the book of Acts, like the spirit of God is poured out as Jesus promised. Yes. In the upper room. Yes. And Peter is still racist. Yep. Because, like, he is rebuked in Acts chapter 10 and -hmm. preaches a message in Acts chapter 2 and still is racist. Yeah. And so, yes, did you have an experience? Maybe you had an encounter with God. Mm -hmm. Did it make you love other people? Right. Mm -hmm. Did it send you, like, I just love this because let's go th- because there there has been there has been this obsession with the upper room. Yes, in, in, there has been this exception. Obs- nothing wrong with the upper room. Mm-hmm. The spirit. If you if you if you tend faithfully to the text in Acts chapter two, if you tend faithfully to that text, the spirit led them out of the upper room. And into the outer court. Yes. And we have said the Spirit will provoke you publicly to lead you into a place privately. Flip Mm -hmm. that. Yep. The Spirit will provoke you privately to go public. Yes. And, And I would say, how do you... I would ask you this question. When you are wrestling... Like, when you go to your coworkers and you see your coworkers who are broken at work, and who are hurting at work, and you have an answer, yeah, and you don't want to share that with them, that's a problem. <laughs> or, or you have an answer, and like, you don't want to develop a relationship with them to to even be able to speak to an issue maybe later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you should probably ask. That goes. I mean, probably ask some questions. Even Sunday morning, like I got a revelation from the Lord, and I actually shared it with our church. But the woman at the well, which I know we like all know that story so well, but she encountered Jesus, and it provoked her to go out and tell everyone yeah, that she knew. Absolutely, dropped all the shame that she had. The didn't care what anybody knew about That's her. Right. She had been with so many different men. I can only imagine the shame that she was carrying. Absolutely. But went out and 
without a without even missing a beat, left her water pot, which is the whole mm-hmm. reason she came to the well to begin with. Yep. And immediately because she had an encounter with Jesus, it made her want to go out and tell everybody about That's right. him. Right. Genuine Everything. encounter. So yep. then the next week, yep, part two, you did that kingdom come. Yep. That will be done. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of already covered a part of this a yeah, little yeah, bit, yeah. but what does the kingdom look like? Yeah, I think it's honestly like the kingdom of God is joy, peace, and righteousness mm-hmm. in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a, I mean, that's the Bible. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't say that, but um, I can't say any other thing but that, right? Like it's joy, peace, and righteousness. It's like, I, I've even said that, I think I said this at a youth night and this was, rant, I mean, this was like two years ago now. Like any place in your lot, in your life, that is is darkness like god wants to invade that right. with his light yes not to illuminate it to embarrass you but to transform your life mm-hmm. to say to identify you to take darkness and put light there mm-hmm. right like that's so I think the kingdom of God coming, though, especially in our culture now, like, I know that's a cliche answer, but joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. Like, joy, like, some people need to, I think they need to get that revelation. Yes. Like, absolutely. literally, literally, like, I don't know how people live so unhappy in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you unhappy all the time? How are you depressed all the time? You got a Jesus fish on your T-shirt, but you are miserable. You're yeah. like you're like, literally carrying the yeah. answer on your shirt, and you're miserable. I'll say this too: I've been actually wanting to talk about this. There are people who struggle with fear, yeah. anxiety, depression. Mm-hmm. This is a practical tip for those people: yeah. do not add anything else to your life. Do not take on any more responsibility. Do not add anything else to your life right now. Do not do any of that. If you are struggling with anxiety, depression, suicide, any of that, do not, under any circumstance, take on anything else right now. In fact, cut some things out of your life. Yeah. Because what I have, what I have seen, I have never... I have never watched people serve in the kingdom of God, people serve the king, and people love Jesus genuinely and be burnt out because of that. Right. Right. Now, there may be other things that you have on your plate that are causing you to be stressed out and causing you to have anxiety and causing you to live in fear. But it cannot be the kingdom of God. Right. right. It can be these other things, and that's like uh, at one point my my uh, my uncle actually set me down one time. My uncle's a Baptist pastor, and he's like, "Hey, Cole, I think you have too many priorities." He was like, "You are giving yourself to about four or five different things, and you need to cut that back to about three. And he's like, "Because you can't fully give yourself to more than three things at one time." And, like, I live by that to this day. I live by that to this day. I give myself to my family, right? I give myself to my, my, my church, and I give myself to my friends. Now, I mean, obviously, like, the Lord is the first person you give yourself to. Right. It's the first thing on that plate. 
But I give myself to my family. I give myself to my friends, and I give myself to this church. Like, and those are the three things that I give myself to. Yeah. And and by giving yourself to all of those things, you are giving yourself to God. That's so right. You find that's right. You find he right. is in all of it. So yes. you don't have yeah. to say, well, also. Yeah, yeah. You get to say, no, he is all of that. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And and there's a there's a there's just such a fine line between, like, I've got to a place in my life where. I just ask the Holy Spirit, like, do you want me to do this? Mm-hmm. Like, there was a time, I think I probably shared, like, with both of you, there was a time that I had an opportunity to take on another responsibility and the church, and it would have increased my pay, my mm-hmm. total income. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit was like, no. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want you to do that. Like, why don't you trust me to meet every need? Right. Instead of you going to try to make a, a crap ton of money, why don't you give yourself <laughs> to your family? Mm-hmm. Why don't you give yourself to your, your community and your church? Yeah. Why don't you do that? And so I was like, yes, let's do that. <laughs> yes, sir. Let's, yes, sir, let's do that. Sure enough. And so, like, I think the kingdom of God is joy, peace, and righteousness. If you don't have peace, like, that's not mm-hmm. your portion. Right. Like, if you have fear in your life, that is not from God. Yes. If you have anxiety from your life, I have struggled with anxiety before. Mm-hmm. Like, situational anxiety especially, right? I have struggled with that. I have taken medication for that, right? But I know that's not my portion. Right. Right? That's like, and like people are like, well, I did that pastor taking anxiety medicine. It's like, well, if you got diagnosed with something, you would take medicine too. Mm-hmm. We say we say all of like we say we say all medicines are bad except when it pertains to mental health. Right. Because people who are like, well, they don't really have mental health issues. They haven't all like we didn't have this forty years ago. Yes, you did. Mm-hmm. People were just shamed for talking about it. Right. Yeah. So they didn't. Like you go like you go ask people who who will get honest with you and real with you. Like and who who doesn't who don't wear the flag of my generation is better than your generation because it's not number one. But I wear that flag too. It's not. It's the best generation that's ever lived right now. And like there goes the comments. Yeah, yep. there goes the comments. Well, we did go. it. I'll say this. We still I'll say love this. you. I heard. So I heard Damon Thompson say this. He says the greatest compliment that this world that this generation has ever received is that God trusted you with the world in the condition that it's in. Yeah. Mm. And so, check your conditions. I like that. Yeah. It's awesome. So you made a you made a statement in that message where you said when the kingdom of God takes root in your heart, it doesn't look like doctrine. Yeah. It doesn't look like you getting hung up on like there are people in our there are people in our church who have disagreements theologically. I I have theological disagreements with people in our church. I disagree with them. The kingdom of God looks like I love that person and we do this together regardless. Yeah. Like it doesn't look like you getting hung up hung up on number. The the first thing I I was talking to somebody about this the other day. At some point you have to graduate in your maturity from arguing about doctrine. Yeah. Mhm. Like, at some point, you have to graduate out of being Mr. I have to be right all the time. Mm-hmm. I was that person, so I know that. Mm-hmm. At some point, you like, if you're looking for a perfect doctrine, 
you will not find it in America. Right. Like, you you will not find it in America. You won't yeah. find it anywhere. Mm-hmm. And That's true. it's like, if you're looking for a perfect doctrine to, to gather around, like, you're looking for the wrong thing. You need to look for people who love you. You yeah. need to look for people who love your family. Yeah. And you need to gather around those people. Yeah. And just be sure that it's not a cult. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, be sure that it's not a cult. Mm. Yeah. But in a cult, in a cult, I, I will say this: in a cult, like you wouldn't be allowed to think differently. Mm-hmm. You would be told, "Think in this lane. Anything outside of this lane, don't think that way." All right. And I do want to clarify something that I said a minute ago, like on the upper room and the outer court and all that stuff. Like, I want to clarify this: you should be seeking God, yes, for yourself. Okay. If your devotional life, though, stops with you, that's not a good thing. Right. Like, you should be giving yourself to your neighbor and your community. Like, for instance, I'll say this. My favorite conversations are when people tell me what God's been doing in yeah. their life. Those are my favorite conversations. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, my, one of my favorite people to talk to in the whole church is Kelby. Because yeah. I know that he's seeking God. Great right. beard. Great beard. <laughs> hard worker. I know that he's seeking God. And Lu- I Louisiana boy too, right? Yeah. No, he's not. His, his wife his is. His wife. By marriage, he's a Louisiana boy. That, that, that counts. But, but but him and Lauren. Him and Lauren. Oh, they're, yeah. they're two of my favorite people to talk about because I know that they have something about God to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have Always. to I don't have to wonder. Mm-mm. And it's like so how do you give yourself to community, and how does the upper room go to the outer court? It's just like that. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you don't have upper room experiences. No. That doesn't mean that you don't have encounters with God that that absolutely transform your life. And, like, honestly, in our culture, I don't know if that's even – like, I don't even think we deal with that here. I don't even think we deal with a lot of that here. But I, But I will say – there are things that happen in the upper room that are precious. Mm-hmm. Right? The upper room happened. It just never happened again Yeah. in the New Testament. Yeah. They had prayer meetings. Oh, yeah. It just wasn't the upper room. And so we can't recreate the upper room and have an – we, we can't try to recreate that experience again and idolize that experience over – What's happening in us now? Yes, and absolutely. what and what God's doing in our hearts now and in this community right now, and even though it may look similar to an upper room, it's not the upper room, right? And like, I, I was just going to say that because I don't want people to think I'm saying you just got to go seek God, or you just got to seek God and then go live in community with other people and. That's the only purpose of you seeking God. God doesn't have a purpose mm-hmm. in his relationship with you. It just is. Yes. Like nobody has to nobody has to prompt me to talk about Anna and Beckham. Yep. It's the overflow of my heart. Yes. Right. So So good. That's good. I like that a lot. <laughs> boom. Boom. Hashtag boom. All right. So we got through parts one, part two. Yeah. We ended up doing a shift and never got to hear yeah. part three. Part so three. We got a little time left. Yeah. And by the way, I really encourage you guys, go back and watch these messages on YouTube. They're really deep. There's a lot. I mean, there's 
a lot of good life changing stuff in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, just again, look at just by my example tonight, walking in here, just constantly studying on that revelation of God the Father. Get in there, check that stuff out. It's really yeah. good. Director's cut, part three. Let's go. Boom. All right. So part three of of the Lord's Prayer, like. I was what I was going to do with this sermon was I was going to break down give us this day our daily bread forgive us as we also forgive others lead us not to tempt, into temptation but deliver us from evil so I'll just hit the high notes of each of those mm-hmm. and so like give us this day our daily bread I believe as believers Jesus was teaching us in that moment when he was saying this is how you should pray I believe that he was teaching us to stay in a constant posture of dependence. Mm -hmm. Like, give me what I need for today, Mm -hmm. right? We, a lot of times, especially in our culture, we like to think that, like, I use these words because these are buzzwords right now. We think that (laughs) hustle and grind and working super hard is like we should we should amen that and i say yes if that is what if that is what if that is the place that you are in and i think you should work hard at any job that you have like you, you don't need to go to this is not what i'm saying i'm not saying you should go to late to work and be lazy <laughs> I'm saying that you should do everything as if you're doing it unto the Lord. But this hustle and grind from this thing like I have to meet all of my needs and I'm this self-made like grinder and all this. And I'm, I've like I've experienced in my own life in my own life. I have had more favor in a posture of dependence than I ever have in a posture of well, I just have a good work ethic. Right. Yeah. And it's like or when I say when I say a good work ethic, I need to reword that. I've had more favor in a posture of dependence than in a posture of I'm going to grind, 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 and it's causing me to neglect things that God's called me to first, right? Like if you're grinding so much that you're neglecting your family, find a new job. Yes. Like find a new job. Yes. You're like that job will replace you tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your your family will be there. Mm-hmm. Right, and so give us this day our daily bread. Give us right. There's that us word again. Yes, yes. it's of me. It's it's not a give me my bread. It's that give us what we need as a community mm-hmm. for today. Yeah. Right, give us what we need. So it it is wrong for me to pray for God to bless me if he harms you doing it. Right. And so when I say get, so when we're saying give us this day, because they live, you have to think about, they lived in a Roman culture. Yeah. That was very cutthroat. Yes. And this was even Jesus like saying like, this is not about you getting yours. This is about we being dependent on God for him to provide for us. Don't worry about yours. Right. Worry about ours. Yeah. Like it's it's wrong for me to live in a community if I lived in abundance 
and never shared that. Yes, absolutely. It's wrong. That's yes. wrong. And it's like, so when I pray, when I say give us, like this is a dangerous prayer because when I say give us this day our daily bread, like what if God has given you the bread of another and you keep it from them? Mm. Yep. Good. That's good, man. So when you pray give us, you're praying for your neighbor too. Yeah. And God just may give you their loaf of bread to give them. That's so dangerous, but so good. Yes. That's <laughs> like Jesus was provocative mm-hmm. not for the sake of being a jerk. He was provocative because there were injustices happening. Right. And he showed up and said, This is not the kingdom of God. You still sure he was a nine? This is not this is not the kingdom of God. So nine wink eight. Yeah. Like <laughs> Jesus' life was so problematic. Right. He was so problematic. The most controversial figure to ever hit the earth. It took them three years and they killed that man. They murdered him. Yeah. Yep. They murdered him. The church murdered him. The church him. murdered him because he like the church murdered him because he was saying God is better than you think he is. That's yep. crazy. Like, like I know people who have stood on the side of the Pharisee. I have stood on the side of the Pharisee. But I know people who, like, if Jesus walked into a room today, like, he would be so problematic for them. Like, so problematic. Like, Jesus ate with prostitutes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no, like, asterisk next to that. (laughs) There's, this is what prostitutes actually meant back like, then. Like, no, 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 no. It wasn't prostitutes after they'd gone through inner healing and gone mm. through. No, 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 no. He ate with prostitutes. Yes, he ate with it. He literally sat beside a well and told his disciples to leave. Yes. And was alone with a prostitute. Whew, talk about controversial. <laughs> it's so between Peter being a racist, yeah, yeah, it's a really good thing they didn't yeah, have Facebook yeah, back then. It's yes, Ooh. think about it. Yeah, like that is problematic. Jesus would come into this city, yep. he would come into this city, okay, and he would go and he would find like think about the story of Zacchaeus. Yep, the story of Zacchaeus. He would go find the richest, wickedest man that you know, and invite him to dinner and say nothing to him about his issues. Yep. Yeah. Zacchaeus, Jesus did not tell Zacchaeus, repent. Yep. No. He did not say that. Mm -mm. He sat with him without an agenda. And had dinner. And had dinner. That would be problematic. Mm -hmm. I know people that that, like I know people today, I had a meeting today with um, a a girl in our church. I have that in a public setting. If I have to meet with a female, Mm -hmm. I do not meet with them at the church. I meet with them in a public setting. Okay. Jesus met in a public setting with a woman alone. Mm-hmm. There's your problematic. <laughs> this is where we insert boom. Yeah, yeah. boom. boom. <laughs> but, but, yeah, Jesus was incredibly problematic in this prayer. Yeah, in this prayer, it was it wasn't it was. There's all sorts of problems in here. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the disciples? While he's breaking this prayer, down. he's literally their their mouths are dropping, blowing their minds. Yep. Their mouths are dropping. They're like, "Is he saying, yeah, is he saying that his way is the kingdom of God? Because we're like Rome's way is the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. 
and Rome is the kingdom of God. And his ways are totally different than Rome's. So problematic. Forgive us as we also forgive others. Which is a fun statement. For- Another dangerous prayer. <laughs> forgive us as we for- also forgive others. If you do not want to see people out of bondage mm-hmm. and struggling, if you highlight people's bondage and you highlight people's issues and you highlight people's struggle, that is the number one sign that you are still in bondage. That's good. That is the number one indicator that you are still in bondage. Because the prayer is, forgive us as we have forgiven others. Right? Like, forgive us. Forgive those who have sinned against us. Like, you, if you have a problem forgiving someone else, mm-hmm. if you have a problem seeing someone else walk in freedom, it's because you're not. Yeah, it's so true. It's because you have a problem receiving forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Wow. You cannot walk in freedom and persist that other people are going to be in bondage. Hmm. And you can't hope for that. You can't walk in the freedom that God has for you. Hoping that somebody else doesn't. Hoping that someone else struggles through their issues. Yeah. You can't. Or that is the indicator that you aren't as forgiven as you think you are, or you haven't received the forgiveness that he's offered you for your debts. Mm-hmm the way that you say that you have. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the number one indicators of this is people who critique other people's lives all the time. It's one of the number one indicators. And when I say critique other people's lives, like one of my number one pet peeves, if you want to set me off, if you want to, if you want to, so. Take here's, you to Applebee's. Here's just a way, right. Take me, take me to somewhere that is like, incre- yeah, that's right. Take me to somewhere that Applebee's is my least favorite restaurant on the, tra- on the planet, and they made me go eat there last Wednesday. Not a sponsor, but you could be. Not a sponsor, but you could be. Like, we have people who want you to hold people accountable. Yeah. Right. They want you to tell them the truth. They want love. you to tell them the truth. <laughs> They want you to beat. They want you to go. Hard. And what they mean is, is we want we, what we, what we want you to do is we want you to hurt their feelings. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that's one thing. <laughs> but what we really want to do is, is we want to hold them accountable for their disability. We do not want to call them into the life that they are that they are called into. Accountability is an account for an ability. Yeah. It's giving an account for an actual ability, not an account for a mistake and not an mm. account for a life that is different than mine and doesn't look the same yet mm. and not a life that's not up to standard with the standards of God, right? That is not accountability. When people talk about accountability, like I have a friend who is not walking with God, I have tons of friends who don't walk with God. And when they ask me, like, how do you, like, how do you interact with those people? If they, if they do certain things or if they, like, I, have, I said this from the pulpit, like, a couple weekends ago. I have friends that 
play golf all the time, and they get absolutely hammered drunk while they're out there. Like, what is my response when they ask me? Number one, I never bring anything up. I never bring anything up Mm -hmm. because I believe that my life, I'm giving them access. Mm -hmm. They know what I'm about. I don't have to tell them. They know what I'm about. And so when they ask me, I just simply tell them, man, that's just not who you are. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that's the way that you're acting right now. That's just not who you are. I think Pastor Casey one time talked about calling, like speaking to people from that, that place they that they're capable of. Being. That's right. Mm-hmm. Like instead of addressing them like this, like the broken and yeah. and what mm-hmm. they're going through. No, you you're speaking to to them from the way God sees them. Yes, mm-hmm. you are their, the righteous potential. You are the you are the, right, yeah. you are the righteousness of God. Like yeah. that cliche saying, like pull the gold out and be. Yeah. Like find the gold, pull I'm the speaking gold to your out. Potential where yeah. I know you could be. Right? And what really gets on my nerves because that's how I want to be spoken to. That's right. Oh, yeah. You're exactly right. I would not be where I'm at today if I would have not had somebody come alongside me and say, "You're not all of that that they're saying that." you are in the name of holding you accountable I'm being dropped if I would have continued on the path that I was continuing on my life would be in shambles because I was beginning to believe things about myself that were that were literally not my identity in God Mm -hmm. and when someone came alongside me and said dude you can blow it as much as you want and I'm still going to speak to those places in you. Like, you are a son. You are righteous. No matter what your behavior is, that is what changed my life. Not, you got to quit sinning. <laughs> it's like, what a novel idea. Yeah. Like, what a great thought. Hashtag yes. Boom. Like, like, you got to quit sinning. Okay. Like, great idea. I actually don't believe that you can just quit sinning. You can't just wake up one day and decide, well, I'm just going to do better today. Cold turkey. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's not how that works. You have to be awakened to a reality of who you are to begin to behave in a certain way. Mm -hmm. You can't just wake up one day and say, like, I'm done. That's not how that works. I've told this story before. That's not the kindness of God leading you to repentance. Right. That's you literally being self-righteous. That's your willpower. Yeah. Anyways. I've told this before to, uh, to the worship team, but when my... My father-in-law hired me as the warehouse manager at his business Let's initially. Go. Scott. Uh, what's up, Pop Pop? Uh, I was very, my, I'm naturally kind of withdrawn, mm-hmm. especially when I don't, I don't know what I was doing. I had no clue what I was doing there. And he he finally pulled me aside one day. He was like, dude, there's nothing in here that you can break that I can't pay for. Come on. There's nothing in here. I own all of this, and I'm giving you full dominion to step in. That's right. And break some stuff if you have to. Yeah. Yeah. But I've called you a manager. Yeah. I've given you this kingdom. That's right. Manage this thing. Yeah. Get on that forklift and drive it. (laughs) Yeah. And I drove it to the side of a very expensive uh, spray foam barrel. (laughs) He told me to back it down a little bit after that. But. Yeah. Yeah. He said he 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 saw my potential. Yeah, yeah. he saw where, where I could be, and he said I'm gonna speak to that and go, hey, if you break some stuff, great. Yeah, I'll buy some new stuff. Yeah, yeah. but 
walk in that place that I've called you to be in. Here's, here's another thing. Here, one of the reasons why we miss this, one of the reasons why we can't speak to that in other people is because we still don't view God as Father. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. Like I can, I can circle it all the way back around to that. We, Call back. St- yeah. we still don't see God as Father. Yeah. We still don't see Him as our Father. And so when we say forgive us for our sins and forgive them for their sins, like we don't see him as our father. That's why the first part of this is so essential. Because if you don't see them as his child, if you don't see yourself as his child, you won't see them as his child. Yeah. Yep. And then what you will do is, is you will begin. The reason why theology is so important the reason why theology is so important is because what you think about God is what you think about people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how you think God treats you is how you think God treats people. Mm-hmm. And how you think God treats people is how you will treat people. Mm-hmm. Right. And so why is theology important? Because you don't need to be tre- treating people like trash in the name of God. Yeah. That's yeah. why theology is important. Theology is not important to sit around and think. Yeah. Right? Like, I have... Tons of stuff I could think about, but I want people to see this image of Jesus. Yeah. I yes. want people to see this image of our Father. Mm-hmm. And I want people to say, when I see somebody in public, I think I have begun to think, I shared this last week, they are the righteousness of God. Yeah. yeah. No matter what they're doing, they are the righteousness of God. Jesus died and made them righteous. Yeah. That's what he did. And we have to be awakened to that. Like, do you think there's any there's not any New Testament scripture that says Jesus died to make the one who confesses of his sins <laughs> righteous? Right. There's no New Testament scripture that says that. For the guy who punched his ticket. Right. Yeah. Right. And so what what we don't we think that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus was just that. And we don't think that it actually gave us righteous here gave us righteousness here's a thought here's a thought if adam this is what this is called this is in seminary or theology it's called the law of imputation right if adam your word for it yeah if adam (laughs) if adam gave us a sin nature Mm -hmm. what did jesus give us If Adam gave us a sin nature, then Jesus gave us a righteous nature. Right, righteousness, yeah. And so people have a tough time with that, and that's okay. But people literally live like the fall of Adam is the most significant thing in the Bible. They live thinking that the fall of Adam is more significant than the resurrection of Jesus. Right. Yeah. Like, they yeah. literally believe that, and that's why their life looks fallen. Mm-hmm. That's why their life looks like they're under an old covenant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's because they have a greater revelation of what Adam did instead of what Jesus did. And that really puts a damper on that whole hope thing yeah. that we're all looking for. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. The glorious, like, when we say, like, the glorious returning of Jesus, that is what that is. Yeah. It's when he will make all things right. Yes. All things right. It is not like. It puts a it puts a it puts a damper on the people who are like, we have to be charged for the mission of God. <laughs> Gotta get charged up. 
for some reason. It's like a Tesla. It's like I'll take you over here and get you charged up. And it's like, <laughs> no, that's not how this works. Right. It's that you are righteous. And from that place of righteousness, you live in the earth as a son. Second Corinthians chapter 5. You are an ambassador of God. And God is making his appeal to the world through you. Yes. He, yes, yes, like, yes. God is sending you into your workplace, into whatever environment, begging you to be reconciled to God. Yes. That's what the New Testament says. That's mm-hmm. what 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says. Because he who knew no sin became sin so that I would become the righteousness of God. God sends you into your work environment righteous to tell people you've been made righteous, not you're a filthy piece of trash. You need to repent. If you're going to repent for anything, it's not repenting for you being a filthy piece of trash. Everybody knows that. It's you repent. You everybody knows that yeah, you're a filthy yeah, piece right. of trash. It's like, on Facebook. Like, like, we saw it. Like who doesn't like who doesn't know that they have that they that they've screwed up? Yeah, absolutely. Like who doesn't know that? Yeah. Like what a what a wonderful revelation that you are presenting to everybody that they already know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What will change their life is is in spite of all of that, in spite of your mess, mm-hmm. you. Like, I'll even go as far as to say this. You are repenting for your unbelief. Not for... You're repenting because you don't believe God is as good as he says he is. Mm -hmm. You are repenting because you don't see the Father appropriately. Like, what's changing your mind, what you're repenting for is, wait a minute, I thought God was this way and he's actually this way. And that is what is repentance is. Mm-hmm. Repentance is not you bashing your head off a wall saying, I can't do this anymore because this hurts God's feelings. That's not repentance. Yeah. Right. Now, you shouldn't sin. I'm not saying that you should sin. And you should repent of your sin. But just know when you repent of your sin, all of this could be solved if you really saw God as Father. Yes, mm. Absolutely. Lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. <laughs> That's all I got. I'll say this: these three things about that. Lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. God cannot tempt you. This is what all Jesus said. God cannot tempt you. James chapter 1. God does not have sin to tempt us with. Mm-hmm. God cannot tempt us with anything. Mm-hmm. God will test you. He will not tempt you. Yes. Okay. Lead us not into temptation. God cannot mislead you. Right, God cannot mislead you. The Holy Spirit, John 16, he leads and guides you into all truth. God cannot lie to you, so he cannot mislead you. There's no way for him to not be himself, mm-hmm. right? So when, you know, when I resigned from my old job and came here, when I say my old job, I don't mean from fast and all. I mean from a different church. People thought that I was absolutely insane because I left a full-time ministry position to come here and come to church. Mm-hmm. Like, you can ask Emily. I can, Like, me and Anna moved up here because we wanted to come to this church. Not a job. Not not mm-hmm. a job. We did, I didn't have a job for three months when I moved here. You came here. to sit here with me. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I came to come to church here. And it's like, God cannot mislead me. 
And I heard that prick from the Holy Spirit. And like, lo and behold, like two years after I moved here, I'm the pastor. <laughs> right? Like, like, if you want to know, like... How about them apples? Yeah, like, if you want to know, like, if you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and you hear him clearly, just do it. Mm-hmm. Like, just do it. I know that's a sidebar, but because God can't mislead you. Mm-hmm. We like sidebars. Yeah. God will deliver you from evil, right? Like, if you are engaged with God on any level, if you are engaging with the Holy Spirit, that is your deliverance from evil. Yes. Right? That engagement, that interaction, that is your deliverance from evil, right? And so that's all I have to say about lead us not into the, into this temptation, deliver us from evil. But, you know, there's a lot of sidebars in here. There's a lot of me getting on rabbit trails, but a lot of this is just what's in me so that's fantastic praise god well hey i think we did pretty good not too bad for a few months off we've had a lot of months off and i mm-hmm. did i get to come back i, I didn't get fired <laughs> did i so no you didn't all right did i make you nervous at all you did not all right well that's a win jordan <laughs> jordan has this divine way of Saying things that I'm like, can you say that? But then you have, but then it's like, I don't guess it matters because he just did. It's too late. Yeah, it's too late. You also have that. <laughs> I, I do have that. I do that. Pastor Casey also uh, has Pastor that. Pastor Casey also. I've sat in many a room with many, many of you and been like, are they allowed to but say But you guys well? get microphones. Yeah. And y'all finally gave me one. Now Jordan has the microphone. Maybe if you just say enough things, people are like, can they say that? They'll hand you the mic more. <laughs> hey. That happens. Praise that happens. God. Well, hey, thank y'all for tuning in. Thank you. Again, like, subscribe, hit the notifications, get in the comments. Bing. We want to talk to you in the comments. Bing. If you're mad at Pastor Colt, get in the comments. I love you. I, lo- I genuinely love you. I genuinely, I genuinely want to say this. I have no intentions <laughs> of making anyone mad. I really don't. There is, there is something that, the, like God is doing it. I couldn't always say that. Like I genuinely couldn't always say that, but I genuinely, I, I'm being serious because I used to say like, Hey, let's just set it off. And whoever gets mad, we'll get Let's back. burn this joint down. But I actually, I really do have a, I, like God is doing something in me. I've actually talked with it, like to pastor Casey about this. Like, and I said this tonight at prayer, the message of God without the nature of God, like, it like you have two different like you you just have someone who's mean, mm-hmm. right, or who seems mean, or who right. seems like that they want to confront all of your your truths that you so held to and your sacred cows. And I do, but I want to do that in the spirit of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that because I think what you believe is wrong. Because, quite frankly. If you're loving God and loving your neighbor, I don't really care what you believe. Hmm. Because I don't believe that we should gather around doctrines. I believe that we should Thanks again, everybody, for listening to the Going Deeper podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, once again, like, subscribe, uh, click that notification button, uh, and we can get in the comment section. We'd love to hear from you guys. We love you. God bless.